Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for October the 28th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful, restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And, you know, people say to me a lot of times, Sam, why do you go with that big old long rant every day at the start of the show? You know, your current frequent listeners, it's just boring. It's like, come on, get to the news. Get her done. I understand, ladies and gentlemen, but we're picking up new listeners literally every day, number one. Number two, I want you to be very clear about our intentions. You know, government uh, wants to call us all anti-government over and over and over. I just read a story about the Oath Keepers. And they say the Oath Keepers, the anti-government militant organization, for instance. Okay, this is criminal behavior for the government to continue to malign a group such as the Oath Keepers, saying that they're anti-government, that they hate government, that they're militia, that they're, uh, you know, violent, that they're this and they're that. And they're, okay, it isn't true. When you ask someone to keep their oaths of office, it's saying that you want to uphold the law. It's not saying that you want to violate the law. When I get on the radio, they say that I'm anti-government because I'm not Republican or Democrat. I don't believe in the two parties. But remember, it was George Washington and others of the founding era that said, hey, parties will be your undoing. Parties are horrible. Okay, I hate rogue agents in government taking advantage of the system for filthy lucre. I agree. I hate the government that acts outside of its scope of authority. Okay, but I don't hate government. I'm not anti-government. In fact, I'm the guy that says we want a peaceful restoration, not a revolution, a restoration. I'm the guy that says, hey, you know what? It's about God, family, and country. I appeal to God first. The fundamental unit of society, the family second, and the greatest country on the face of the earth third. I'm the guy that tells you there's not a lot of people leaving, but people are coming to this country because they want liberty, many of them. Now, some are coming to exploit and abuse us, we got to stop that for sure. But when government, for example, like the Biden administration, violate the law, promote illegal immigration uh, to the tune of, hey, they're literally acting at night. So the people that elected them, the consent of the governed, they know they don't have consent to do what they're doing, but they're doing it anyway against the very laws, against the very legal system that America's built upon. And they're circumventing, okay, I've got a problem with that kind of government. Absolutely. But I'm not anti-government. In fact, those criminals who are undermining our legitimate government, replete with its checks and balances, they're the ones that are anti-government. I'm the one that is pro-proper role of constitutional government. I'm the one that believes and teaches about the checks and balances, believes in and teaches about the checks and balances that made America great. I'm the one that wants to back the greatest economic engine ever known to man. I'm the one that wants to back free enterprise and stand for the proper role of government, right? 
In fact, Sheriff Mack wrote a book about the proper role of government. We've been talking about the proper role of government on the radio for 25-plus years. So let's not fall for the lie that we're anti-government, okay? That's just the anti-government swamp trying to tell you we're the bad guys. They're lying to you. Pay attention to who's saying what, who's peaceful, who's civil, who's kind, but who also must stand up for themselves, and who's doing what. We're trying to create appropriate law-abiding borders in America. They're trying to circumvent the border. We're trying to return to constitutional honest money. They're trying to spend you into oblivion. Who's who? It's pretty clear, isn't it? Welcome to the broadcast. I am Sam Bushman. A recap of yesterday's show makes sense. We had our guest on James Edwards, race, politics, and hypocrisy in 21st century America. ThePoliticalCessful.org is his website. He's a talk show host. He's an author of the book called Racism, Schmacism. It's out now. We talked about this lady, Claudette Calvin. She was one of the first people to not give up her seat to a white woman on a bus back when she was 15. Six decades later, she wants the record expunged. Yeah. <clears throat> she wants her juvenile arrest record expunged. Well, why did the mainstream press tell you all this time that it was Rosa Parks, somebody else? Well, remembering Chief Drew Lackey, uh, that was on the Political Cesspool radio program, an interview where, hey, this guy worked his way up the ranks. He told a different story than your mainstream press on what happened back in 1955. The cops weren't dealt with fairly. Uh, it was a staged event. It wasn't as you're told at all. That's important to really understand, isn't it? Charlottesville, Unite the Right. Civil trial begins, ladies and gentlemen. President Trump said there were very fine people on both sides. He was right, but he got maligned and abused for that statement. To make their case, lawyers for the plaintiffs are using all kinds of weird online gathering techniques to see what was said online, along with the, what is it, 1871 Ku Klux Klan Act to try to make their case against the right in Charlottesville. But why are the people on the right the only ones on trial? This should be a red flag to you big time. Why don't we have criminals on trial from both sides? If there was fine people on both sides, there were bad people on both sides. Why aren't the bad people on both sides being arrested for their crimes? Why is it just an attack the right scenario? It just shows you how dishonest the whole affair really is. That was our one of two with James Edwards. Second hour, we talked about the FBI has found scant evidence that the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was a result of the organized plot to overturn the election. Yeah, that's according to four current and former law enforcement officials. They say there's just not evidence to prove that narrative. Well, what about the fake news reality check? Democrats and the mainstream press have been pushing that narrative for literally, what, seven, eight months now? Nine months? Ten months? Yeah, ten months. Uh, and it turns out not even to be true. But no one's calling them to account for their lies and dishonesty, right? All right, we talked about an incredible book that tells the other side of the Charlottesville story, in my opinion, the true version. Books called Charlottesville Untold. Inside the Unite the Right, Ann Wilson Smith wrote it. Shotwellpublishing.com is where you can get it. Charlottesville Untold. Men Shot by Kyle Rittenhouse can be called rioters, losers, and arsonists, but not victims in the trial. 
video of officers thanking Kyle Rittenhouse during the riots last year can be used in the trial next week, said the judge. This judge is one of the longest-serving judges, and he's taking a lot of heat over this one, ladies and gentlemen. We'll keep an eye on the ball on these cases just for you. We uh, talked about the poll. Let's go, Brandon. Movement, they say it's widespread and popular. It's really F Joe Biden is the chant. And I think it's an absolute disgrace that we've got literally thousands of people in crowds in public using the F word so liberally, repeatedly, over and over and over. And it just shows that we're losing the culture of war, ladies and gentlemen. I don't agree with Joe Biden either, but I'm not going to run around and publicly say those kind of things about President Joe Biden. I don't think he's a legitimate president. It's one issue. The other issue, I think he should be impeached for his actions on the border and his actions on vaccines. He thinks he's a king. He lets the border leak like a sieve, not protecting the American people. And then he forces an experimental, in my opinion, bioweapon on the people. He ought to be impeached and criminally charged for that abuse. But time will tell if that'll ever happen. Dr. Scott Jensen, for example, a physician and a state senator in Minnesota who's actually running for governor, has now had his, quote, physician's license audited or investigated five times. Why? Because they don't like his positions on the COVID pandemic. But he says, I'm a physician, and I have every right to my views on the pandemic. Well, they don't like what he's saying, so he's being investigated now. Here's what his final statement on the matter is. I will respond to the complaint, says Jensen, but I warn citizens and people everywhere that, hey, they're trying to weaponize medicine. If it can happen to me, it can happen to you. Well, when you saw the abuse Donald Trump took, or Twitter, Facebook, all shut him down because they suppose he would lead an insurrection? Well, that's a lie, because they knew he wouldn't lead an insurrection. I believe Joe Biden's already led an insurrection, like I say, with his letting the border leak like a sieve, with his acting like a king and promoting vaccine mandates by press conference and not by any kind of law. He's in the wrong branch of government to make laws in the first place. He needs to be impeached and tried for treason. The president of the United States, as some say it, Joe Biden, look, by hook and by crook that he become president in the first place, he's a criminal. That's my opinion to which I'm entitled, okay? But here's the bottom line. And he would say that I'm a treasonous guy for calling the president a criminal. No, I have my own opinions to which I'm entitled. This is America, not China. And we need to push back uh, boldly and stand up big time on this. Because look, um, President Trump did his very best, but he wasn't about to commit any insurrection. There was no insurrection of any kind, ladies and gentlemen. You got to understand that. There was a few bad apples at the Capitol that ought to be prosecuted. I agree. But let's not attack all conservatives. And let's be honest about the vaccinations. They're experimental at best right now. And they're being forced on the American people by press release. Is that acceptable in a constitutional republic? I think not. All right. Quick pause. I am Sam Bushman. This is indeed Liberty Roundtable Live. That's a recap of yesterday's broadcast. Available at lovingliberty.net and libertyroundtable.com. News the networks refuse to use today starts in seconds. Hi, I'm Dave. I'm seven years old. 
I'm sitting here in the corner having a time out until Mom comes to talk to me. All I did was cut my sister's hair. I was just trying to help. I guess Mom didn't like how I did it. In a minute, she'll be back and ask me if I know what I did was wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have cut her hair. And she'll say we all make mistakes because we're just learning about stuff. And she'll give me a hug and we'll end up talking about more stuff. No matter what you talk to your kids about, love is what they'll hear. I really like Mom's timeouts. And I think she likes them too. Yeah, I think they help her remember how much she loves me. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. We're talking about our Honest Money Report now. Brian Rust jumps into the mix. Over the past 50 years, Rust, Coin and family have been working to educate customers about precious metals and more. RustCoinandGift.com. Welcome back, Brian. Thank you much, Sam. Glad to be with you. Uh, thank you, sir. Where is gold sitting at now? Uh, gold's at eighteen oh two this morning. Eighteen oh two, up a little bit, so, huh? Yeah, up about eighteen dollars. <throat> hey, at least it crossed the uh, eighteen hundred mark, right? There you go. Back on our way. <laughs> eighteen hundred and two, even. Right. Wow, eighteen hundred and two dollars. And silver, sir? Silver's down about fifteen cents. That's about twenty four fifteen. Two four one five. All right. Where are we looking for rhodium? How's Kirk Cosby's portfolio doing? Uh he's he's up hundred and fifty at fifteen thousand three hundred. Yeah, Kurt, come on. <laughs> All right, that's good news to hear. I like that. Uh, anything else going on in the marketplace of interest? Uh yeah, I did, just a lot of you know, we've just got a lot of issues that are that are forcing and, and you know that are hitting in the market. They're and, percolating, and, aren't they, Brian? They are. They are all the all, you know. But with all this uh, stuff happening, it's just you know we we keep pushing the the same agenda. It's it's a ma- about a matter of uh, preparation and and while it's at these levels, uh, you know whether it's one one silver dollar or an ounce or whatever it may be, you just got to be putting a little away, you know, and and doing it on a it's just like everything else, uh, you know. A peace of mind is basically uh, 
you know, collectively putting things away. And so that when you need them on that rainy day, you've got it. And that's kind of the plan. Same with, with metal. We, you know, you, you protect your paper with physical. So yeah, get on board. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Honest Money Report from Brian Russ, RussClinningGift.com. You know, the economy's in serious trouble, some are saying right now, Brian. And we're seeing inflation start to rear uh, its ugly head. We're starting to see um, uh, shortages uh, of different things. I went to a restaurant last night, and I don't know if I dare say which one. I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. And <laughs> they have a sign um, We don't have any salad. And they say there's a salad shortage. I don't know if there really is a salad shortage or not. I'm just telling you, they didn't have any salad at all, Brian. Yeah, and that's interesting. Wow. You know, usually salad's abundant. We can get you more salad, but we can't get you, you know, perhaps other things maybe. Uh, yeah, it, there's no doubt about it. The infrastructure is failing at a massive scale. You know, uh, there, you know, and there are many that officials are openly admitting that things will get even worse. Um, and as long as Biden seems to be jumping in, as he, you know, as he, he gets involved, you know, you look at Afghanistan, the borders and everything else, it, it gets worse. He keeps saying, well, we're going to turn things around and assuring us that it's going to get better. And all we can really see, and we hate to preach, you know, gloom and doom. I think, uh, you know, we need to, you know, be positive about all the things that are happening. But, we, you know, there's a lot of things that aren't, aren't going right. And, and that's one of the reasons I think we need to be preparing. And, yeah, get, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. One of the things I saw in this uh, inflation calculator back in 1980, that $50 uh, today uh, that fifty dollars had X amount of buying power. Today, that you'd need one hundred and seventy-six dollars to with, for the same buying power. So you can kind of see the if you if we think okay, well, there's no inflation or it's not that bad. Well, it's I think it is, and uh, it, it's probably going to get worse. Wow, it's kind of strange. Now let me give you an example. I don't know if you know, but there's a steak shortage too, Brian. Did you see this steak? Well, here's what it says: grocery shortage. Prompts Texas Roadhouse to still ready to cook steaks to the public. Huh. Due to grocery store shortages, Texas Roadhouse locations are selling ready to grill steaks. What do you think of this? This is just insane. Well, and, and possibly, basically, they're, you know, maybe if they're thinking ahead, maybe they're just saying, okay, well, People don't want to come back to work, or they're not, you know, we can't get the the needed help for for the for the amount of money that we can pay, and so maybe they're just saying instead of you coming here, we'll sell you the steaks and you cook it at your own house, possibly. Maybe that's the factor. Anyway, Texas Roadhouse selling ready to cook steaks, and why they say because of the shortage, man. Grocery shelves don't have steaks, but hey, they do. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's interesting. There you go. <laughs> Lifeblood of our country is the, you know, the farmer, the rancher, and so on. And it seems like, you know, there were, what was it I saw on the news? You know, the the dairy farmer there, he was having to kill some of his cattle and, and pour milk down the drain. And, and uh, you know, instead of, instead of our, our, you know, helping this person, to let's get these this product to the places that need this product and so on. Well, we, we don't have the trucks, can't get it there. It seems like the government doesn't want to help them when, when they could maybe help us, you know, put the people together or so on. It just seems, well, we can't help you. Just kill your cows, dump it down the drain. 
<laughs> I don't know. It's, just... it's, it's hard to understand this stuff, Brian. Yeah. I, mean, I agree. It, where are we at in America, and how bad do you think the grocery shortage is going to get? Any idea? Well, no. I, you know, obviously, if, if, I think it, you know, if we never really, I guess, we don't want, look at the writing that's on the wall, perhaps. I mean, maybe we need, if, you know, you know, 20, 30 years ago or, or, or maybe, we, you know, longer or so on, we could have said, okay, here is the lifeblood. How do we protect the, the ranch or the farmer and so on? Or, or we want to, we, we need to continue to grow our own food and to, to, and so on. Instead of shutting these farms down and subsidizing them, or, oh, we'll pay you not to grow anything. We're going to start bringing it in from these other countries. We're going to start, maybe the writing was on the wall then, you know, Sooner or later, we're going to be relying on all these other countries to kind of take care of us, and that is becoming a big problem. Wow. So I think what you've got is a food shortage, but I think you also have a labor shortage. So let me just tell you a story. I was talking to the waitress about this at the restaurant last night, and they didn't have potato skins, Brian. (laughs) But then I ordered mashed potatoes. And I said, how do you guys have mashed potatoes and not potato skins? I'm not very smart. Can you help me with that? She said, it's really simple. The guy that normally does the potato skins is not here. The guy that normally does the mashed potatoes is here. So we have mashed potatoes and no potato skins. Now we're talking about a labor shortage, Brian. Right. Now we don't have. Well, I tell you, if you, you know, you, you I mean, you, you, you create a, you know, a virus and so on, and it puts their, shuts everything down, and then you start paying people not to come back. And uh, they can make more by just sitting on the couch and watching Oprah went my way. Maybe Oprah's not on, that's right. But maybe something else, uh, an old rerun of Andy Griffin, that's what I, or something like that's what I'd be watching. But, but uh, yeah, maybe that. And you do have a shortage, you know. Maybe. All right, they say global shortage of workers. What the heck is going on? Experts explain, they say, Brian. Do you want to hear the explanation from the yeah, experts? Yeah, Let's hear it. There are millions of jobs, ladies and gentlemen, but a shortage of workers. Economists explain why that's worrying. Well, I don't know if it's worrying. I just want to know if it's happening or if it's true, right? Now, this is kind of weird. Holly Elliott writes the piece. Here's the key points, ladies and gentlemen. Ready? Supply chain disruptions. And global labor shortages are now a big problem for the world. Everybody, buddy. All of a sudden, you have less people on the planet. There's nobody to fill jobs. No, I'm just kidding. Well, wait a minute. People are dying left and right of the COVID, right? They say shifts that have taken place in society are now becoming more pronounced on the labor market, Brian. Many aging workers are retiring or people are voluntarily quitting just as demand for workers rises now here's what i find fascinating then if i say well it's that people don't want to take the covid forced shot they say no sam that has nothing to do with it there's no evidence that shows that sam (laughs) now bloomberg is putting all these images together for this article i find that interesting they say the covid19 impact is having an effect all around the world from London to the United States, Brian. It's just, wow. I don't know how to respond to this. They say... Well, 
Yeah. They say this. There's 10.4 million job openings in August. Where's the number of people looking for jobs? Well, leaving their job, they call it the so-called quits rate, rose to 4.3 million, the highest level seen, and records dating back to 2000. Accommodation, food services, wholesale trade, I mean, it goes on and on. Quick pause. We'll talk more with Brian Rust about it in seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un facing a food shortage is asking his country men and women to eat less food. As a communist nation deals with a food emergency that is expected to continue at least until 2025, according to some reports. About 40% of North Korea's 25 million citizens are estimated by the United Nations World Food Program to be undernourished. As lawmakers try to strike a deal, President Biden continues negotiating to get his social spending bill through Congress. He will meet with House Democrats on the partisan legislation and talk to the American people in a speech Thursday morning from the East Room. The president will be flying overseas at midday to meet with world leaders. The Houston Astros have tied up the World Series at one game apiece after a 7-2 win over the Atlanta Braves Wednesday evening. Game 3 will be in Atlanta Friday evening. USA Radio News. COVID is spiking again, and it's just not clear how to keep your family safe. Fever is the leading symptom of COVID, and the only way to reliably detect it is with an accurate thermometer. Be vigilant and be accurate with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, whose accuracy has been proven in more than 100 clinical studies. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers. They are proven to be inaccurate and will not reliably detect a fever that might mean COVID. Learn more at Exergen.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. But we have a truck leaving with a big order on Tuesday. Tina's floor manager retired, leaving her tortilla factory flat out. What do you mean she's on assignment retreat? She must fill the role and all those orders. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Schedule virtual interviews and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. A retail group is reporting U.S. retailers could see record sales to finish out the year. Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau reports. The National Retail Federation says this upcoming holiday season could break records. Sales could be as high as $859 billion, which means growth could top 10%. Last year's sales total grew by just over 8% and came in at $770.3 billion. The Federation considers the holiday season to be from November 1st through New Year's Eve. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. SpaceX has rolled a Dragon spacecraft and Falcon 9 to the launch pad for the rocket's first launch in more than six weeks. The Kennedy Space Center launch to the International Space Station is scheduled for October 31st. It should be noted with a very tight window of opportunity, there's a chance that Crew-3's launch could move back to November. USA Radio News.
begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. So here's what I find, Brian Rust, RustConeyGift.com. You got this, quote, global shortage of workers. What's going on? Experts explain CNBC.com. And when I read the article, buddy, they don't tell you what's mm-hmm. going on or what the cause is. They say there are millions of jobs, but a shortage of workers. Okay. Economists explain why that's worrying. Supply chain chaos is already hitting global growth, and it's about to get worse. But then they just speculate. They say maybe it's that American workers have plenty of savings. <clears throat> maybe it's people uh, are willing to not have their disposable income, so they're staying home because of the COVID. Maybe this, maybe that. They look around the world at all the different economies. They're like, well, maybe in the UK it has to do with Brexit. Maybe this, maybe that. And they go on and on and on. Maybe people don't have enough skills for the jobs in modern-day society. Okay, so all of a sudden the pandemic hits, and in a year and a half everybody loses their skills, right? Okay, they go on and on and on, but they don't have any answers, uh, Brian. I can tell you what the problem is. We've spent ourselves into oblivion. we put people on the dole, creating an entitlement mentality. And now we've literally told workers, if you try to work, you better take some man-made, you know, bioweapon experimental drug. And if you don't, you're simply going to get fired. And with all that in the mix, families are just saying, look, no thanks. And they won't admit that that has anything to do with it. But, Brian, you've got to look at all the factors, and they're ignoring a huge, huge factor. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let me give you an example. Let's say you work for Facebook, Brian. All right? I don't know if you saw this in the news, but this might make you want to quit your Facebook job. You ready? Here's the headline. Facebook papers now reveal... The company knew that it profited from sex trafficking, but they virtually did nothing to stop it. Kara Kelly, USA Today, if you debate me on this, go look it up in USA Today. So now Facebook, it turns out that they had papers and knowledge they were involved in allowing sex trafficking to occur on their system, but took limited action to stop it. So while Facebook's going after guys like me and shutting me down, saying that I'm peddling fake news, they lie, by the way, um, then they literally are they're shutting me down and you down, Brian. But you know what? The sex trafficking, they knew about it, and they're not shutting it down at all. Now, that takes people and makes you want to quit working for Facebook, doesn't it? It does. It's, it's it, it, ironic. I mean, it's it's un, unreal. And, and, they you know, they do these, these big, these big, corporations they they preach that we're good we're wholesome we're getting the word out we're telling the truth we're stopping the corruption and they're caught in their own lies see and, and like you said at the uh, you know top of the hour here you mentioned the fact that people ought to be prosecuted that, that yeah that people ought to be you know government others big business but do they ever get they they, they bring them in they question them they talk to you about it and so on but they forge ahead making billions of dollars more and they do it under the heading of we're so wholesome and then we you know you read the the underlying print that they're corrupt evil and, and it's just what it is it's unreal all right so you're working for facebook and you find out that there's sex you know trafficking and sex slavery and everything on their system and they're like man 
we just shut down a bunch of conservatives that I agree with, and the sex traffickers are just allowed to continue. And then you discover they have two kinds of Facebook accounts, the kind for the average Joe that gets shut down by algorithms, and then the favorite kind that protects inside politicians. And you go, man, I don't know if I want to work here, but while you're debating it, they fire you because you didn't take the vaccine. Then they're like, hey, we're hiring. We've got this shortage of workers going on. And uh, then I say, well, do you think the vaccines have anything to do with it? No, no, Sam. Right? Do you think <laughs> the corruption and government and big business? No, no, Sam. It has nothing to do with it. Well, then let's say I decide to quit Facebook and I roll the In-N-Out burger, okay? So I might as well work in the fast food chain. I know they're kind of struggling up there. So I, I roll there. Now, In-N-Out burger heroically says no to government vaccine mandates in response to the attacks good news in and out burger ladies and gentlemen has not backed down in fact they've doubled down brian the company's quote chief legal and business officer the guy's name is uh arnie wessinger <clears throat> he had this to say listen carefully we refuse to become the vaccination police for any government it's unreasonable it's invasive he says wow this guy's getting it done he says it's unreasonable we're not doing it let's see let me get this right he says we refuse to become the vaccine police for any government it's unreasonable invasive and unsafe to force our restaurant associates or employees to segregate customers into those who may be served and those who may not be served based on vaccine status. We're not doing that. So now if I work for In-N-Out, I just left Facebook because they're peddling sex trafficking. And I left because they're creating two classes of people, those who are the insiders and those who are not. I go to In-N-Out Burger and they stand up tall for me. And I'm like, yeah, good work, Ernie. I love it, right? It's just awesome. He says, we fiercely disagree with any government that dictates or forces a private company to discriminate against customers who choose to patronize their business. Listen, he goes on. This is clear governmental overreach and is intrusive and is improper and offensive. One of the biggest reasons he finalizes is this cancel culture and woke culture has gotten such a strong stranglehold over American life because people at the top of institutions cave to the mob. We're not caving to the mob at in and out Burger. So you're in super excited jubilation because you moved to in and out Burger for your job. You bailed from Facebook or whatever other job you have. And then here's what happens. You ready, Brian? Yeah. They say another In-N-Out location shuts down after refusing to check customers' vaccination statuses. This comes only weeks after a separate location was closed in San Francisco and two other In-N-Out locations in California have also been given fines and warnings for not checking a person's vaccination status before allowing them to eat. So now I'm at my employer. My employer stands tall. It's incredible. But now they're literally shutting down in that burgers. They've already shut down two. Two of them are under fines and penalties. So that's four. It's horrible. And so now you kind of wonder, man, they'll probably have a labor shortage, right? 
Many people are afraid of the controversy, but I guess you can't work if the restaurant is shut down, even if your boss stands up for you, Brian. And then I bring this up, and they're like, no, doesn't have anything to do with it, Sam. Nothing to do with that at all. And I'm going, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Facebook's into sex trafficking knowingly and willingly, shutting down conservatives. In-N-Out Burger stands up and gets shut down. We're, oh, I think we've got literally close to a civil war in our hands, Brian. Yeah, we're, we've got it. You know, America's kind of imploding in, you know, within itself. We're, we're creating this, and like you said, these cancel and, uh, and woke cultures and so on. Here's an interesting thing. You you look at kind of history a little bit here. Back in 15, when when Venezuela was you know under you know all this thing, and maybe this is the experimental country. They let the, them kind of experimental on kind of what they was happening. But in 15, the government and uh, uh, they were taking over these farms and production plants. But by 2016, they admit that the people were on their own. Ah, it didn't work. We can't do it. And you're on your own. So now, yeah, there is no food. So it. it it's almost like they're trying to destroy us within and that let, you know, and we should rely on the government. Well, look how, look how it was so good for Venezuela to rely on the government and help them to, you know, the third richest country in the world. And look at them right now. History. Look, I mean, it's crazy. Like you're saying, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, if, you know, they should be supporting and, and being excited that, that, uh, you know, these businesses in and out burger and so on want to, you know, allow their people to work and provide and so on. But, no, we really don't want you. And it's the, the proof of fact that we really don't want you to be in business and and that uh, you, you're, you're radical. You're it's, it's absolutely pathetic. All right, so check this out. It's so bad in California shutting down businesses that there's a guy in Florida. He's called Florida's financial officer. I don't know what they call those guys, but his name is Jimmy Petronas. And he suggested that In-N-Out Burger ought to just simply move to the sunshine state of Florida after <laughs> several In-N-Out locations were shut down or harassed by California officials. Yeah. Patronus appealed to the In-N-Out CEO, Lindsey Snyder, to move to the state, arguing that Florida has a superior business environment, knowing the state has no personal income tax, no corporate taxes, or low corporate taxes, and no mandates. Yeah, do you think Patronus uh, <laughs> might be appealing to these guys and making sense there? So it seems to me like Florida might get some jobs, but Californians might be out of work there, Brian, even if they want to yeah. stand up for what they believe in. I know. You know, that's right. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, there's a job shortage in the mainstream press. Let me explain. You know, it could be that you just have too much money in your bank account, Brian, and you're living off of that there. Yeah. What? Who has too much money? Who has too much savings where they're just kicking back, draining their savings in this era? Do you think that's really anybody with their right mind, Brian? No. You know, and the and the elitists, the, the elitists are just laughing at, you know, the, the, you know, they don't have to worry about the the funding and and they're kind of in the in the grouping, I guess, or in the uh the the with the, the elite basically and they're at their party talking about all this fun stuff so i, I don't know it's crazy crazy world stay there brian uh, it's just insane don't worry though fauci has a job there you, know you what go talking about he's not living off his savings i'll tell you that right now brian rustin sam bushman in seconds on your radio
As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Brian Rust had to take off to a business appointment. We sure appreciate him and all that he does for Liberty Roundtable Live and for our listeners weekly. Brian Rust, RustCreditGift.com, provides the Honest Money Report, doing a phenomenal job, and we discuss economic realities. And this idea that we have a grocery shortage, Texas Roadhouse is now selling ready-to-cook steaks, taking advantage of, hey, groceries don't have, grocery stores don't have them, but we do. And you got a global shortage of workers, they say. What's going on? Experts explain CNBC, but they don't explain really anything, ladies and gentlemen. They really don't. Supply chain chaos is already hitting global growth, and it's about to get worse, they say. Wow. Facebook papers reveal that Facebook knew that it profited from sex trafficking on their system. They didn't care. They just let it roll anyway. In-N-Out Burger heroically set the standard, but getting shut down all, all over California now. Two stores flat out shut down and other stores being fined and harassed. In-N-Out Burger's chief legal officer speaks out boldly and says, we're not going to kowtow to no government on this. We're not doing that. One of the biggest reasons, ladies and gentlemen, that woke culture or cancel culture, whatever you want to call it, has got such a stranglehold over American life is because people at the top of major institutions have been weak and skittish in response to the threats of the mob. He's right as rain about this. But now as other in and out locations start to shut down, 
Florida's chief financial officer says, hey, man, bail from California, come to Florida. It's a lot more friendly over here. We won't shut you down. Well, I pray that's true. Well, I got a few more uh, economic highlights for you that are sad to say. Do you use propane for your heating? If you do, folks, it ain't looking good for you this winter. Headline says, quote, propane market could be headed for Armageddon this winter. Millions of Americans will have to pay a whole lot more to heat their homes, ladies and gentlemen. That's a scary scenario. Now, I don't know that it's Armageddon that might be overstating the issue, but millions of Americans will have to pay more, a lot more to heat their homes. So if they're living on savings, it's going to drain their savings accounts a lot faster. I can promise you that one. They say up to 5% of American households use propane for heating. But will natural gas prices go up? Will electric grid prices rise? You know, they say inflation's everywhere now. Our prayers are with folks that are having to pay a lot more. It's going to be tough. Society's going to change. When we used to go out to eat a lot, most of the restaurants are going to fail from a labor shortage and a food shortage. You think a labor shortage is giving restaurants trouble. You wait until there's a labor and a food shortage. Two key components to the heart of a restaurant, labor and food, right? Not only do we not have anything to feed you, but we don't have labor to bring it to you and cook it and do all that. We can't even, our whole business. So restaurants are going to be melting down and closing left and right, creating cut hours or shortened hours and a whole lot more. Write that down. Wow, that's a scary scenario indeed. Ready for the next headline? This might be the most expensive Thanksgiving ever. That's what they're saying. Supply issues and labor shortage issues are driving up prices of many ingredients. What do you think of that, ladies and gentlemen? So now we're going to have the most expensive Thanksgiving ever. They say Christmas, you better shop earlier. You might not get anything for your family. Children may have tears, not presents for Christmas. They're said in the state, don't even have Thanksgiving with your family unless you're vaccinated. I mean, these people are just off the wall crazy. Inflation lasting longer than all economists thought that it would. How do you respond to this stuff and be positive, ladies and gentlemen? It's something really hard, right? Inflation in the news, right? What do you think of that? What's that going to look like? Huh. It's just tough. And then they want to tell you that inflation, what's the cause? What's the... What's inflation? How does inflation work? Inflation occurs when prices rise, decreasing the purchasing powers of your dollars. They say in uh, 1980, what was it? Let's see. In 1980, a movie ticket cost about $2.89. Now how much is a movie ticket? Yeah. What's it, 10 times? No, five times. What causes inflation and who profits profits from it? Yeah, nearly 80% of Americans blame Biden for inflation surge, according to a new poll. New York Post. Think about that. How well is that going to be come election time for old Joe? Nearly 80% of Americans say, hey, he's responsible for the inflation surge. How bad is it going to get? 
You know, back in former elections, they used to say it's the economy, stupid. Right? Wow. All right, well, listen to this. If you work for Walt Disney, it's going to get weird fast. California Walt Disney out of control again. Here's what the headline says. With some attractions closed, Disneyland raises prices. The park stands to make money even if attendance briefly dips. Well, I don't know how brief the dips are going to be, Disney. But I think it's kind of a shame But when Disney basically is going to raise prices right now, when when the economy is struggling to come back, when all these things are happening, they have less services because a lot of their um, attractions are closed. Right? With some attractions closed, so in other words, less service, less at the park for you to enjoy, Disneyland raises prices. I guess the park's going to make money even if attendance briefly dips. They don't even care. If they have less attendance for a while. Could this be the undoing of Disneyland? Could people get mad enough at Disneyland like they did the baseball strikes back in the day? Pretty soon, uh, baseball wasn't so American, was it? Kind of fell out of favor to a great degree. When it's come back a lot, but it's still. All right, well, is it going to be now Disneyland's going to be the less liked, if you will? Or the less appreciated or less accepted pastime? Because even when things are tough for every one of us, Disneyland's like, hey, I know we have less attractions, but we're just going to raise our rates. Why? Because we can. That's a bad answer in my opinion. Right? (laughs) Park stands to gain more money. Make money even if attendance briefly dips. I think it'll be a whole lot, I don't know what you want to call it, but more than just a brief dip. I think people are just simply going to... Now, do you think that the uh, they say inflation might be better for the planet, right? You say, how would it be better for the planet to have inflation, Sam? Well, if you listen to these wackos, here's how it is. You bu- you go do too many things. You go to restaurants, you mack down big old steaks and stuff like that. You ought to be home eating rice or buddy. Because when you run around and do all that you're doing, it's just too much toll on the economy. Your footprint's just too massive. You're wearing a size 12 shoe, and you ought to be wearing a size 8 now. At least, um, what do you want to call it, environmentally speaking. Right? That's what we're seeing, folks. That's what we're seeing more and more of. Everything in society, they're just attacking and taking down. They welcome inflation. Because that's how they're going to get you to do less. And sit home and wallow in fear. We have got to jettison this agenda and notion, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to cancel the cancel culture and start to not live by fear, but live by faith and hope. All right? We need to have charity, kindness, respect, appreciation. These are the things that I want to see, right? That's what I'm saying. We need to have a positive outlook. Look, I know times are tough. I know it's not fun. But I do know that God is in his heavens and that he loves us. I do know that Jesus Christ is the Savior. 
the atonement of Jesus Christ can save us all, even from the meltdowns of economic shortages, financial shortages, job shortage, whatever, economic imbalances, inflation, closing of businesses. All He can save us from everything. So even if the propane market's headed for Armageddon, even if there's no salad at certain restaurants, even if huh, in and outs are shutting down, even if it might be the most uh, expensive Thanksgiving ever, even if 80% of Americans blame Biden, even if Disneyland is closing attractions but charging more, the Savior Jesus Christ can save us from all this, folks. Let's be very clear. And this broadcast is on the air to testify of Jesus Christ, that he lives, that he conquered death, that he died on the cross and lives today and invites us to come unto him. Ye that are heavy laden, ye that can't handle your burdens, he'll, he'll take your burdens and lighten them for you. That's what the Savior Jesus Christ does for each one of us. So this broadcast is designed to testify of that and to give you hope in a fallen world, to give you courage against the opposition, to help you remember that it's God, family, and country that are the keys to success. It's not politicians and bureaucrats. Locally is where you will solve problems. In your family is where you will solve problems. You will not solve problems thousands of miles away in Washington, D.C., where the bureaucrats and professional do-gooders roam and rape your wallet. That's not where the answers are found. The answers are found on the key principles that we teach on the radio every day, six days a week on the Sabbath we rest. I know it seems like a very dire situation, ladies and gentlemen, and it is, let's be real. But it's nothing that we, the people of the greatest country on the face of the earth, under God Almighty, can't handle. If we turn to Christ, we can handle anything that comes our way. After all, he is the ultimate healer. It isn't Fauci, it's Jesus Christ. Be very clear about that reality check, will you please? Hour one in the can, hour two coming up, two great guests. Got an event tonight in Utah we'll be at. We'll tell you about that a whole lot more. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for doing so. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Top the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard hitting news of the network's reviews to use, no doubt, continues now, ladies and gentlemen. This is the broadcast for October the twenty eighth in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty one. This is hour two of two. And the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Wow. Hour one was a hard-hitting hour, I'll tell you what. Talking about the economy, talking about In-N-Out Burger. we got to continue talking about the economy going forward, ladies and gentlemen. What about them taxes? Pete Sapp. President of National Taxpayers Union, 
He's been a dear friend for literally 25-plus years, doing a great job. Uh, the NTU, National Taxpayers Union, is the voice of the American taxpayer, mobilizing elected officials and citizens on behalf of tax relief and reform. Boy, howdy, do we need that, ladies and gentlemen. NTU.org is the website, National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org. Pete Sepp, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Great to be here, Sam, and it sure is them taxes this morning. <laughs> wow, the Democrats are on a bender. I mean, they're like they're like drunk, just won't quit, aren't they? Well, yes, but unfortunately, uh, you have to sober up even after a bender, and that's what Democrats are doing right now. In fact, we keep hearing rumblings, but now those rumblings are coming to the forefront. Democrats in the House, for example, had serious reservations about this bank reporting requirement that tens of millions of Americans would have to face in regards to their bank accounts. All right, that so let's back, up, be, let's back up a little bit, Pete Sepp, and explain that to people, because a lot of people may not be familiar with what that really means or entails, right? Yes, and of course, Treasury and a number of Democrats in the United States Senate, starting with the chairman of the Finance Committee, on that nothing to fear from the position of power right. fearing. So what does this mean, Pete Sepp, when we talk about this financial deal? It means that government wants to literally, if you deal with any financial transactions that relate to more than $600, they want to monitor every one of them, right? Yes. What they claim to want is to monitor inflows and outflows of bank accounts in not only at the $600 level. That's it's been abandoned. At least we think it has. The situation's awfully fluid. But the $10,000 threshold is the one that they're talking about now, and they want to put guardrails on it, saying that, well, we're not going to count your paychecks in the inflow and outflow of $10,000 that would trigger the monitoring requirement. And no worries, we're not going to look at specific transactions. But then you start looking at the proposal. It's not just inflows and outflows in your bank account. It's whether you have cash transactions. It's whether you have foreign transactions. It's whether you have a bank account that's being transferred to another account that you own. And on and on. The fact is, even with these guardrails, these limitations, we're basically talking about something like three quarters, even 90 percent of Americans still having transactions reported to the IRS. Fortunately, the pushback has been tremendous. In fact, 20 House Democrats have said, we have grave concerns over this. Our offices are being bombarded by constituents who are very concerned and very fed up. This is grassroots in its essence, Sam. People are speaking out, and they are demanding accountability from their public officials. Anyone listening right now who thinks, oh, it doesn't do me any good to send an email or make a call, I can tell you it is having an impact right here, right now. We are on the verge of permanently beating back this new reporting scheme and protecting Americans' financial privacy from the IRS, which is already pretty badly eroded. 
And let me be very clear about what we're talking about. The the $600 or the $10,000 or that we're going to pull your paycheck out of that and not use that. It doesn't matter what latest incarnation of this they come up with. We're pushing to say, no, we're not going to have that monitoring at all. That's our position, right, Pete? That's exactly right. And after all, the IRS already has a bunch of tools at its disposal to snoop in Americans' financial records anyway. Let's not forget the fact that the so-called 1099 reporting system already subjects billions of transactions and stocks and bonds and mutual funds to IRS scrutiny. (laughs) Some folks don't even know their own bank accounts or investment accounts returns uh, before the IRS does. And we want to actually pile another reporting requirement on top of all of this, on top of foreign bank account reporting reporting rules, on top of what's called FATCA, uh, another Foreign uh, Account Tax Compliance Act measure. We don't need this kind of IRS access to information especially given the agency's inability to handle the information it's got. Uh, When we talk about privacy violations, we tend to think of, oh, your cable or phone company or one of your Internet service providers. The federal government is uniquely unqualified to manage private data. It's proven to be the fact Uh, the IRS had a data breach of over 100,000 records barely five years ago. And we want to entrust the agency with tens of millions of more pieces of information? I don't Aren't these the guys that are $30 trillion in debt, too? Yes. Financial mismanagement (laughs) on top of information mismanagement. So, Pete, Sepp, one of the ways to really create, uh, in my opinion, accountability is with transparency. When we shine the light, uh, then, you know what, they start to take notice and, and their behavior is different. Why don't we start naming names? Who's leading this effort to pry into our personal bank accounts and our financial transactions to this degree? Well, it starts with Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and her team, which basically developed this proposal. I I wouldn't call it a fairly detailed one, because whenever we ask for those details, we're told, well, they're coming, they're coming. Here's the Well, after we pass it, you'll find out what's in it, Pete. Yes. Exactly. Idea, right. And as that's right. And, and as we all know, most of the dirtiest deeds of the tax collection agency happen not when the legislation passes, but when the rules get made to implement the legislation. And that's what we fear the most here. Treasury has a framework for this proposal. There are members of Congress. Most recently, uh, Senator Ron Wyden, Democrat from Oregon and the chair of the Senate Finance Committee, saying, well, there's a lot of myths out there about what this proposal would do. We're really just going after a few rich people. Nobody who's following the law has anything to fear. Uh, We just put out a myth-busting the myth piece for our website, sort of taking Chairman Wyden to task for claiming that a lot of falsehoods are being spread about this proposal when saying, look, there are falsehoods of their own on the part of supporters that are being spread right now. And people can read that on our website at NTU.org. It's a great piece by one of my colleagues, Damian Brady. 
Um, where do we go with this? What can I do or the average American do to, to move the needle on this? One is to call your congressmen and senators and say, hey, don't let this happen. But is there more we can do? Part of the problem is that whenever we start to push back on something, they literally call us terrorists or they refuse to meet with us at a town hall meeting. Or I mean, it's just it's getting crazy, Pete. Well, yes. And I think one important thing to do is to make sure that members of the business community who many uh, members of Congress often listen to or meet with outside of these town hall meetings, get them involved in this fight. If you bank at your local branch and you happen to be in there this morning or the next day, ask to speak to a manager and say, hey, are you aware of this bank reporting proposal? that the IRS is trying to push on community banks, big banks, small banks, you've got a real mess on your hands if you're going to have to comply with these reporting requirements. Why don't you contact your member of Congress and make sure you, as a small business person, a community banker, are very concerned and Congress needs to lay off. Pete Sepp, I think you've hit the nail right on the head with this proposal or solution that, you know what, what we need to do is really push on business leaders uh, because they really make a difference and they meet with a lot of these people. Let me give you an example from In-N-Out Burger who are not willing to cater to the vaccine mandates. And uh, here's what Chief Legal and Business Officer Arnie Wensinger, he had this to say. Listen carefully. We refuse to become the vaccination police. For any government, it is unreasonable, invasive, and unsafe to force our restaurant associates to segregate customers into those who may be served and those who may not be served. We fiercely disagree with any government dictate that forces a private company to discriminate against our customers who choose to patronize our businesses. Now. I don't want to get into the vaccine thing, but then here's what he said. And I want to really discuss this. I want Pete Sepp to respond after the break to this. Here's what he then said. One of the biggest reasons that woke culture has gotten such a stranglehold on American life is that people at the top of major institutions have been weak and skittish in response to the threats of the mob. We'll talk about that because I think it directly relates to your taxes and how we can stop them. Quick pause, Pete Seppin seconds. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. 
More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Pete Sepp on your radio. So this leader of In-N-Out Burger, he's kind of like the financial guy or whatever, Pete Sepp. He basically said, hey, you know what? The reason we have this big problem we have is because the people, the top people at a lot of these organizations are simply not willing to stand up against the mob. And whether that be uh, out of control taxes pushed down our throats, monitoring our personal bank accounts pushed down our throats, we really need business leaders uh, backed by the people. We need local officials backed by the people to stand up and say, no, we're simply not doing that. Pete? Yeah, we absolutely do. And I can tell you, you could almost switch out the words of that statement from In-N-Out Burger's COO and insert the words banks or financial information for vaccination, those other words, and you'd pretty much get the position of many community bankers in America today. They are putting out public statements saying, not only do we have grave concerns about how in the world we're going to comply with this new reporting mandate, we're just not going to do it. We're going to protect our depositors because we feel this is an unjust imposition, not only on our business, but on the people we serve in our business. And All right, that ladies and gentlemen, get a, hold of every, get a hold of everyone you know. Push back politely. Be, be very, very kind, but very insistent. We don't want this in America. It violates the Fourth and Fifth Amendments to the U.S. Constitution. It violates all common American decencies, and we're not going to let government agencies that seem to have nobody able to rein them in, even when a congressman or a senator, your elected officials, um, duly authorized, try to rein them in. All they do is attack that individual. So, look, these unaccountable, lack of transparent organizations that create regulations that abuse you, we've got to push back and stop it. Get a hold of your congressman and your senators now, Pete. Yeah, absolutely. And we keep getting told that we're exaggerating. We're being too fearful of this government proposal. I can tell you after 33 years of doing this, my first year of, of the job, when I fielded dozens of calls from taxpayers who'd either made honest mistakes on their returns or made no mistakes at all, saying, help me, I cannot get through to the IRS and convince them that I've done nothing wrong, and yet they're fining me thousands of dollars in penalties on a couple hundred dollars of tax that they feel is due. When the IRS gets more power, more access to information, more money, more personnel, claiming that you're not going to be targeted, you're safe, 
You don't have to worry about it. It's just those rich people trading in exotic securities don't believe them. History shows that when they are given those kinds of expanded powers, money and personnel, inevitably any tactic they use against a small portion of the tax filing population eventually gets turned upon us all. That's why Congress has had so many hearings in the past, why they've had to enact five separate bills trying to rein in the IRS over the past 35 years. All right, Pete, one thing is the spying on our bank accounts, but now the next thing is that the Democrats are in a hurry to rewrite the U.S. tax code. Literally, they say, attacking billionaires. The bottom line, though, is trickle-down economics is real. If you uh, abuse these uh, more wealthy folks, you're going to really, at the end, hurt the small guy, too. They don't recognize this, but it's reality. Are they going to get away with rewriting the tax code? I wonder. The more we see these proposals being thrown out there as trial balloons or whatever you want to call them, the more often we see them getting shot down. Take a look at the evolution of the Democrats' plans to increase taxes over the past month. They started out with massive increases in the corporate tax. A new billionaire's tax was the latest thing yesterday. That had a lifespan of less than 20 hours, I believe, between it being proposed as a framework and being declared officially off the table. The fact is that they're trying to throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. Nothing major is sticking so far. That's a testament to taxpayers speaking out on their elected officials, especially on the Democratic side, and saying, you don't really know the kind of damage you're going to do to a very fragile economy right now, so why don't you do nothing? Or, better yet, do something to bring federal spending back under control. You want to restore investor confidence and bring a more stable economy to the forefront? That's what you ought to be working on, not raising people's taxes. Ladies and gentlemen, Democrats rush to rewrite U.S. tax code, but they're being forced to abandon things faster than they can even um, get things off the ground. Here's the latest headline as well, Pete Sapp. Democrats drop paid leave from $1.75 trillion proposal. That's according to to the Wall Street Journal. But look, they were talking in the beginning of a $3.5 trillion. Now they're to $1.5, and they're still dropping stuff, right? So we're winning. We need to realize that. That's right. We are winning. We could still lose, but if we keep up the pressure, we will keep winning. It's as simple as that. This is democracy. Well, we're a republic, Sam, not a democracy. This is our republic in action. This is people taking their future in their hands and saying we're not going to allow members of Congress to dictate a future in which our children won't be able to prosper. I have a feeling that the environment has become too hostile, too political, too divisive for them to rewrite the tax code. I think they're being forced to drop more and more and more. We heard uh, that they aren't even able to get really anything passed because they've got their own Democrats against them going, wait a minute, we're the blue dog Democrats or whatever. We're not going to allow this uh, out-of-control spending. We know we've got the big massive spending increase still coming up that they haven't finalized. I think they're they're going to be on hold this whole term. 
Yeah, I think so, too. They're finding that it is much more difficult to put a proposal into practice than to keep talking about a proposal. They came into power on a very, very thin margin, and they're starting to understand that the radical agenda that they were proposing is not so popular as they believe it to be once the details come out. I always have faith in American taxpayers. Many people don't. They say, oh, people have become used to so-called free things from government, and uh, as long as we keep delivering that, they'll want to export the tax burden on anybody as long as it's not them. They're too dumb to figure it out. I don't believe that for one minute. You give the details of a plan to the American people, they are sophisticated enough to understand that the whole country will suffer when even a small group of us get singled out for this kind of punitive tax treatment and all the borrowing that's going on. Well, and when Joe Biden was asked about this, he doubled down center stage and said it won't cost anything, right? He just flat out lied. Yeah, right. He did. And not even the mainstream media could believe this kind of claim when Biden or his press secretary said from her uh, dais, oh, uh, this won't cost anything or it's all paid for. Yeah, well, when you use funny accounting, when you think uh, massive revenue estimates will somehow come true when you raise tax rates on productive people, when you try to get government scorekeeping agencies to cover for you, but they won't, you soon get a rude awakening. Well, even the extreme left had to balk at that one because they knew that it was just such an in-your-face lie that nobody could accept it, not even them. Uh, and they know that their credibility is on the line to some degree. When it's minutia, they'll double down because it's very fuzzy. But what is that blessing right. in your face, a lie? They can't even go. That's a bridge too far, Pete. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And this is one of these great moments in the history of your show and the history of our movement for limited government where people discover that the power has always been in their hands as long as they utilize it effectively, they can actually win positive change. Ladies and gentlemen, it's about being involved. It's about polite insistence of our message and our goals. It's about working together, humbly saying, I can't do it myself, but man, together we can move mountains. It's about working yes. with people like Pete Sepp at the National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org, who are willing to partner with us all the way from the local level, all the way up to the federal level and beyond, we can do this, ladies and gentlemen. There are examples that never get told in the media um, by the thousands about Americans yeah. and people around the world fighting these taxes and succeeding, Pete. Yes, they do. And we see this at the local level all the time. Citizens who are saying, we want to scrutinize our budget and we're going to do something about it. Happens all the time. They can find out more at ntu.org. Pete, I know you're going to fly early today. Thank you so much for your time, brother. Godspeed. We'll talk to you soon. Godspeed, sir. Take care. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Pete Sepp, president of National Taxpayers Union, ntu.org. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen reported Thursday that a small number of American troops are on the island for training purposes. When asked how many U.S. military personnel were on the island, Tsai responded by saying, not as many as people thought. This is the first time the presence of U.S. troops on the self-governing island was announced since the last U.S. garrison left in 1979. Reuters is reporting the president of the New York City's Firefighter Union told reporters Wednesday that he's advised unvaccinated members to ignore Mayor Bill de Blasio's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for city workers. Under de Blasio's order that's due to take effect Friday, unvaccinated city employees would be placed on unpaid leave. The Justice Department announced the arrest of 150 people in an international opioid probe. The DOJ said they seized over $30 million in cash and virtual currency after the 10-month-long international operation called Dark Hunter. USA Radio News. Hear that? That's the sound of a man guarding his home around the clock. Because he has 24-7 professional monitoring from Simply Safe Home Security. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe keeps watch night and day. If there's trouble, Simply Safe alerts them and will dispatch emergency help when needed. Get free shipping with the order of a new system at simplysafe.com today. There's a lot of confusion about how to protect yourself from COVID. With guidelines and regulations changing by the week, one thing is certain. You need an accurate thermometer for your family to check for fever. The leading sign of flu in COVID. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers. They have no scientific studies behind them and can miss the fever that might mean COVID. Learn more at Exergen.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. The Department of Justice was under a microscope on Capitol Hill Wednesday. Tim Berg reports. Attorney General Merrick Garland testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee on Wednesday on oversight of the Department of Justice. Garland has suggested that parent protests at schools could potentially be threats to school officials, calling the FBI and DOJ to investigate these incidents. North Carolina Republican Senator and Senate Judiciary Committee member Tom Tillis reacts to the testimony and believes some of his questions weren't answered. The point that I tried to make is the chilling effect this is going to have on other parents who should feel comfortable going to school board meetings and rejecting some of these policies like we've seen in Loudoun County and across the country. There's no question in my mind that people are going to think twice when they think they have the watchful eye of the FBI overlooking everything that they say. That audio courtesy of Fox News. We are USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio news. The network's refused to use continues as we advocate against revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Did you listen to the bottom of the USA news, the bottom of the hour news, ladies and gentlemen? Wow. They're talking about the very issue that's going to be front and center tonight at a Utah event. And we've got Gail Rosica of the Utah Eagle Forum to break it down just for us. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, Gail. Well, happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Sam. We're talking about the Eagle Forum, ladies and gentlemen, well-known in conservative circles for a long time, doing a stellar job for decades. 
Phyllis Lafley used to be a good friend and guest of ours frequently on the broadcast, and we used to carry her radio show as well. Uh, we're, I'm just grateful she's helping from the other side of the veil. That's all I can say. We're talking about critical race too. theory, just like they were doing at the bottom of the hour, ladies and gentlemen. They want to call us terrorists, ladies and gentlemen. But we need to work together, ladies and gentlemen, to stop critical race theory in schools across the country. Specifically, there's an event tonight in Utah that's going to be working on this very issue. They're calling us terrorists. Have they ever gone that far, Gail, before, ever? They're desperate. Well, uh, you know, you're, you're right. That's exactly what they're calling parents terrorists. We're, we've all been used to, though, having our organization be put on terrorist lists. But now they're calling the parents who go to the school board terrorists. Um, they've gone too far now. Don't you think that the overreach is to where even average Americans who may not even normally agree with us or understand or be concerned about the issues, now they've crossed the Rubicon to where I think everybody's going, wait a minute, hold on, right? I think you're right. Whenever they do this, we've seen it happen with a lot of issues. And, and so now that they're, they're, they're classifying the parents as terrorists, but it goes way beyond that because when people look at, about, look at critical race theory and what it's really about, it's, it's astounding. They're just like, what? You know, it's a, it's a thing where they're, they're minorities and, and, and children that, that have, are, you know, are of color uh, suddenly are victims. And if you're, you have white skin, you, you know, you're the, you're the oppressor. And they're teaching this to little children in the school. And it goes way beyond that. In fact, uh, I just talking to legislators just, just this week who said, oh, I've called our district and they've assured us that they don't teach critical race theory there. And so they were trying to say several districts aren't teaching it. It's not true because they don't all call it critical race theory. They're doing it under what they call equity. And every school district has an equity policy, including the, the state school board has an equity policy. And that's where you find critical race theory and everything that goes with it. Critical race theory, ladies and gentlemen, in its totality is this. White people are racists, and there's nothing they can do to prevent that reality check. In fact, they're so racist they don't even recognize their racism. Uh, anybody else who's not white is not a racist, can't be by inherent nature that they're the victims. And every single interaction between humans must be viewed through a racial lens of that nature. White, racist, not white, can never be a racist. And all interactions must be viewed through that lens. That's its extremism. It's kind of like communism in its totality. But there are versions of critical race theory that are kind of like socialism, the soft way to communism. And what they purport to do is soften that, quote, finalization of their agenda uh, by, by saying, listen, you just need to be, uh, you know, really uh, understanding that you're white and you're privileged, but um, it's okay. You can do something about it. But in the end, though, they bait and switch. In the end, uh, so all roads lead to critical race theory if you go down these these roads educationally, right, Gail? That's right. In fact, it, it actually evolves from um, from the Marxist ideology that you know that separates people into to, to two groups. And in this case, you know the the two groups are the whites, uh, which are the oppressors, and the oppressed are the people of color. But it teaches the little children in the school that that if they are white, teaching the, the children, if you are white, you are inherently racist by the virtue of your skin color. And then it teaches the little black children that they are not capable as, as children of other races. How, in, how appalling. Critical race theory and all that goes with it is the most racist thing out there. And, and that's why it's so important that people come tonight 
and and here are amazing speakers that we have speaking tonight because this is such a great opportunity. It is free, and it's at the beautiful barn there at Thanksgiving Point. Got a wonderful uh, venue and lots of parking, easy to to access, and and uh, and it's free. You know, we've asked people to to register to get a ticket. But nobody's going to be turned away tonight if they show up and, and if they can if they want to go on and get a ticket that and they're assured one it's it's just uneven bright. But I it, it, nobody's going to be turned away because this is a free event. And you know what the exciting part of this is is we we have we have several speakers including legislators and parents and and uh, teachers. But we have three main before speakers. you get to the main speakers. Where do people go to get their tickets? Well, it, it's uh, it's even bright, and uh, it's kind of long, but, you know, it, it, go to www and then just dot evenbright.com, and that's, that's where you get tickets. But you need to put forward slash on there, utah-forum-on-critical-race-theory, dash dash tickets. Now, that's fine, but it, it's just a dash between – Utah Forum on Critical Race Theory. So go to even write go to Utah Forum on Critical Race Theory and just put a dash between each word and that's that's it'll come up and just says register and you can register and and get your tickets. So All you right, can, we've got fantastic that speakers uh, that'll be at the event as well, literally coming into Utah uh, to help paint this reality and what we can do, right? Yeah, and that's what's so amazing. Now, I was just in Washington D.C. last night. Hey, last week, excuse me, last week, and I, I heard so some of sorry. these speakers. Uh, yeah, I was there with I was there with C. L. Bryant. Now, Freedom Works is bringing in uh, uh, C. L. Bryant. He is so amazing, and Sam has mentioned that he's had C. L. on his show because you all know C. L. He has a show on this same same network. But C. L. Bryant is so much fun to see him, watch him. He's so entertaining that you, when he's through speaking, you're disappointed. And he'll have you on your feet and have you be proud and happy to be an American. And and so he's coming. And, and then from Heritage Foundation, we have Mike Gonzalez coming and along with Jonathan Butcher. Now, these three men are national speakers on critical race theory. They know what they're talking about. Two coming from Heritage Foundation, one coming from Freedom, Freedom Works. Now, I go to conferences all the time to hear these kinds of speakers and travel it cost me a fortune i have to buy an airline ticket i have to stay in a hotel and then i have to pay a large fee to go to the conference where they're speaking they're coming to us for free you can come and see but it's like going to a conference and you're going to come and hear these three speakers for free that is absolutely amazing and then there'll be like i say a lot of other speakers there will be booths and tables where you can pick up information uh, about this event. I mean, you're going to be there tonight, Sam, right, with your table. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, yeah, so they'll come and meet you tonight if they haven't already met you, along with those that work with you. Eagle Forum will have a table there, and we'll have lots of information, brochures and, and other information on critical race theory and the things that go with it, because critical race theory, for instance, includes things like gender identity and and, and promoting and pushing little children transgendering. Uh, this isn't just the race colors. It, it's under the equity policy that, that controls this critical race theory are all these other things that your children are being taught in the schools that uh, 
they may be a different gender and, and, and that it's okay. And, and in fact, the schools or the counselors help them uh, make that, that change and, and keep it a secret from their parents. You've got to come and find out about these things. And we have the information on our tables. There will be several booths and tables for you to stop and visit with people, pick up literature, and learn about you know how, how we all can work together and be involved on this. In fact, uh, this uh, critical race uh, theory forum is being sponsored uh, by the well, – they're hosted by the Utah Republican Latino Coalition – but it's presented by the Utah School Watch, Watch Alliance. That is a coalition for this issue and others. Um, so uh, please, please come and, and please uh, uh, come to our tables and visit with us and then listen to these marvelous speakers. And are we going to record this where other people can hear it later if they can't make it? You know, I wish I could give you that answer. I know they're working on that. I assume that's going to happen. But at this point, we're not sure. So I sure uh, so hope they that. can. Yeah. All right, so we Mike get that Gonzalez. Answer. Mike Gonzalez and Jonathan Butcher from the Heritage Foundation's top experts. These guys are top experts on CRT or critical race theory as well. Uh, they'll be there, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're the ones coming. Like you said, from Heritage, it will be an amazing night. All right. Tonight at Thanksgiving point barn ladies and gentlemen if you can make it please right. do gail thank Start. you and be there by 6 15 6 15 p.m and it's uh the thanksgiving point thanksgiving uh barn right point yes yeah, the, the barn at thanksgiving the, point just put that the barn in at thanksgiving your, point uh, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
All right, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, be there at 6.15. What is it? The Barnett Thanksgiving Point is what they call it. Anyway, it'll be an incredible event, man. Three incredible speakers. C.L. Bryant will be speaking from the Freedom's Works group. Mike Gonzalez and Jonathan Butcher will both be there from Heritage Foundations. They are top experts in critical race theory discussions. All be there. Uh, And I'm kind of an expert in critical race reality as well, ladies and gentlemen. It is permeating every aspect of our society, uh, and you don't even know it because it's so pervasive. It's so um, diabolical and confusing for folks to get their arms around um, that it's hard to handle. All right, I got an email, and I don't think this gentleman wants his name mentioned on the radio, so I'm not going to mention his name, but it's a shout-out. He'll know who he is, and I want him to know that I'm grateful for uh, the emails that I get. Um, because they bring up some things that I may not be aware of or may not focus on enough, oftentimes. But there's a question, ladies and gentlemen, that I really think is critical that this emailer listener asks me. Should AID, A-D-E, which stands for Antibody Dependent Enhancement, should AID or Antibody Dependent Enhancement be stressed more on air? is the question that was asked. And the answer is absolutely yes. So I'm going to take the ball and run with it to make the point. Credit goes to our listener. All right? But she or the listener basically emails and says, Alex Jones, for some time, has been trying to bring the medical issue called antibody dependent enhancement, or ADE, front and center in the public view. And my response is, wisely so. This effect of natural infection, or VAC, is described like this. And they give a big old link. But from what we've heard about ADE is this. It could possibly be described as a vaccine causing the patient to become hypersensitive to future viral infections, all right? So think about that. So we're talking about antibody-dependent enhancement, and what it's doing to vaccinated people is making them super hypersensitive, okay? So future viral infections, they could be very, very susceptible to because of this, quote, hypersensitivity that we're talking about. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, just the opposite of what a vaccine would be expected to do. This is so important, ladies and gentlemen. Why? Because ADE is possibly afflicting a large number of COVID cases, especially those who have been vaccinated or those who have had anticlonal antibodies or whatever they're called. That's why hospitals seem to be getting filled up so quickly. So Alex Jones and others makes the point that many do not test positive for COVID at all. But that would point strongly to the patients having hypersensitivity to the viruses, like colds and flu and other viruses as well, because of the increased antibodies that their bodies are being forced to take on via the vaccines, etc., Anyway, this isn't being discussed enough, the listener says on the other shows, and I'm a frequent Patriot Radio listener. 
This email sent to me was to ask if maybe this powerful explanation for all the current hospitalizations should be given more airtime and discussion. Does it make sense? Doing that would highlight the negative role played by the vaccines. Amen to that. Well, I think it's absolutely a worthy discussion. And yes, I think ADE or AID, antibody dependent enhancement, should be stressed more on air. The answer is yes, I do. I do think it should be discussed more on the air. And I will make a few points about this that I find very interesting to this narrative. What they're going to do is cause whacked out conspiracy nuts like they always do. So dismiss those people out of hand because they don't have a clue. All right? They don't care about you. All they want to do is make us look foolish at every turn. That's who they are. That's what they do. So ignore them for a minute, okay? Please, ignore them. And think about this. You know, when the first COVID came out, for a year plus, I didn't really, I mean, I've heard of a couple of people going to the hospital, and I heard a couple of people dying, but it wasn't very too personal and upfront, if you will. But the second after the first year the vaccines started rolling out, and maybe 15 months, 16, 17 months in, almost everybody was getting vaxxed. And then all of a sudden it became very real. COVID rates skyrocketed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, It didn't, or it wasn't that you knew somebody that might have got sick or heard of somebody going to the hospital. It was you were in the hospital. Or everybody you know is sick. Whole families were attacked by this, right? So think about that. So think about that for a minute. When the vaccines started becoming front and center and everybody was taking them, then everybody started getting sick. It went from you not knowing anybody really or knowing it kind of distantly or you've heard of it from rare cases to almost everybody. Right? Believe it or not, in some cases, antibodies can enhance virus entry and replication in cells. This phenomenon is called antibody-dependent infection, or AID. It not only promotes the virus to be recognized by the target cell, but also affects the signal transmission in the target. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is serious. And there's risks to this antibody-dependent enhancement. And they saw it with animals. And now they're saying that it has nothing to do with humans. Anybody who brings it up is a conspiracy nut. All right. Billion, billions of vaccinated people, they say, are at real risk of suffering antibody-dependent infection. This is serious. And so I appreciate the listener for bringing it up because I wasn't really educated on this. And when I got the email, I started to study this thing. And wow, uh, if Alex Jones is pushing this, good for him. He's right. New study finds billions of vaccinated people are at real risk of suffering antibody-dependent enhancement, ladies and gentlemen. 
And I don't think we can ignore it. For over a year, intensive research has been conducted by health experts, and it's brought to light this increasing concerns about antibody-dependent enhancement. That's a phenomenon where vaccinations make the disease far worse by priming the immune system for a potentially deadly overreaction. Yeah. That's what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. that This is just scary stuff, people. Right? It's hard to even know how to deal with this stuff. It's so sinister. So, but we bring it up. And you know what they'll do, right? Right? What they'll do is they'll just say, oh, you guys are nuts on parade. You're crazy. Come on now. Vaccines are good. But why don't we be honest and analyze what's really going on? Right? I mean, in animal experiments, they tested this phenomenon happening. Will it now emerge into billions of people who have been vaccinated around the world? The answer is yes, it will. Is it disaster? Yes, it is. 31.7% of the world's population now has been vaccinated with one or more COVID vaccines. That's as of August 21st, 2021. That's about 2.4 billion people now and every single one of them has taken an unprovable, or I'm sorry, an unproven experimental, potentially deadly medical treatment, and possibly the largest experiment to ever be conducted on humanity. Think about that. It's hard to comprehend, isn't it? How many of these people will die from adverse events? Well, I don't know how bad it'll get. I don't know how to respond to this. The primed immune system will simply turn on the host because it'll be overstimulated is the point. To the point of serious, serious illness or death. Wow, folks, this is just crazy. Anyway, that's going on. And I know this show has been very hard-hitting and very, uh, in many ways, worrisome. But I want you to remember God's in charge. Don't get too worried about the enemies of liberty. Do your best to fight them. Live a good, honest, moral life so God can protect you. That's your role. But 31.7% of the world's population, 2.4 million people, have already taken. Wow. An unproven experimental, potentially deadly vaccine, folks. I don't know really what to say about this except for beware. All right, if you can go to the event tonight, the barn at Thanksgiving points where it'll be, 615, be there. The event's free. There'll be booths and speakers and a good time had by all as we vet this so-called critical race theory lie and as we tell the truth and as we provide guidance and support of how to fight it in your government schools. The best way is to just take your kids flat out of the government schools in the first place. But it's great to know and learn and educate yourself about what's going on, who done it, if you will, and then what we can do about it 
That's really the takeaway is we learn to take action rather than just talk and think and listen and hear and freak out and get concerned. We're learning how to peacefully take action, providing solutions, ladies and gentlemen. That's who we are. That's what we do because this is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live Solutions Radio radio broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. We got a lot going on two hours a day. Six days a week, bringing to you news that Edwards refused to use, telling you that it's about God, family, and country, focusing on solutions and ideas and helping you navigate the news that Edwards refused to use, the constant barrage of fake news. We debunk it. True news, telling you the tale. We are truth tellers on the radio. We're hope finders and truth tellers and all the above, freedom fighters, peacefully restoring the republic. Because our leader is the Prince of Peace, even Jesus Christ. Let's make that very clear. No king but King Jesus. That's how they say it sometimes. And amen to that. All right. Final two hours in the can. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Thanks so much for being alongside for the ride from guest after guest to hard-hitting news headline to breaking it down like nobody's business. That's Liberty Roundtable Live. If you want to help us grow our presence in the media, Please financially support us. Donate liberally today. LibertyRoundtable.com. LovingLiberty.net. After all, we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore America. But we absolutely need your support. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. America.